Hello, everyone. I am your host, Tosh, and this is Cheat Codes for Women in Games International. So when I was a kid, I wanted to see myself in more and more places. Fantasy worlds on my TV told me that dragons and wizards exist, but I didn't. When I was in school, I was told, well, girls just aren't into that stuff, or Black people don't like that stuff at all, as if fair representation only exists it like actually existed, but was just constantly rejected. The lack of visibility was seemingly confirming the views that worlds and stories born out of pure imagination had no place for anyone who's queer or black or a woman. And definitely all three could not exist in the same imaginary space. I know what I felt and I know what I saw and my experiences are brushed aside as anecdotal. It's so unfair to my lived experiences. However, I know that data talks. In 2004, actor Gina Davis founded the Gina Davis Institute on Gender in Media, and it works to mitigate unconscious bias and fosters inclusion and equality in, the, in entertainment and media. It's one of the top global research-based organizations. Data-driven research educates others and empowers people like you and me who are just trying to make some meaningful change. Everyone deserves to be seen. Joining me today, I have Madeline DiNono, President and CEO of the Gina Davis Institute on Gender and Media, and we're going to talk about why representation in video games matter. Welcome. Thank you so much, Tosh, and I'm so thrilled to be with you and all of your fabulous uh, members and listeners out there. And it's such a privilege and honor to join you today and to share uh, this brand new report that we actually presented in October. And I'm going to walk you through some of the slides and then Tosh and I can have a little little chat about it. So should I should I get going? Yes, I would love that. All right. Thank you. So um, I know that uh, Tosh, you know, mentioned a little bit about Gina, uh, for you on the maybe millennial spectrum, you may know uh, Gina as uh, from playing Stuart Little's mom. Um, and uh, she also has had a full full range of uh, characters that she's played. But the point is, it's because of the roles that she's played and how she has seen women and girls react to those roles that really led her to this heightened sense of awareness around authentic representation on screen. And she realized early on when she was sharing content with her young daughter and even her twin boys that there just wasn't a lot of representation of female characters. And that's actually how the whole thing got started. And as Tosh mentioned, we're actually gonna be 20 years old and we really focus on narrative culture change work and we work in a number of different sectors, gaming, which you're going to hear about today, also global advertising, global film, uh, global TV, uh, toys as well. So we're really excited to bring this report, this newest report, um, to you. So what did we do? So we wanted to understand the current state of diversity and inclusion in RPGs, especially looking at the intersection of gender, race, ethnicity, LGBTQIA, 
uh, disability, um, age, and a number of other things. And clearly no one study can really uh, embody all of that. So we looked at everything that we could find from 1986 to 2020 in terms of reviews of content analysis uh, of games uh, that were either top selling or highest reviews. And we also looked at you know, the impact of negative portrayals in these studies. So that's what we packed into this new uh, report. So what do we know about gamers? So according to our friends at the ESA, 62% uh, of adults play games, 75% of the youth in the United States, and globally that represents one in three people playing video games. The average age of a video game player is 33, and by 2024, this is next year, there will be 3.9 billion active video gamers. And in just seven years, that figure has risen over 1 billion, a 32% increase. So these are really substantial numbers. So how does gaming make people feel? Well, I'm sure all of you have your point of view, but what we found also from their survey is that 86% of adults say that video games bring them joy. 83%, it's a stress relief. And especially if you think about what the last you know, five or six years have been, we all need a lot less stress in our life. 71% said it helps me build a community. And 76% uh, say that parents can play, you know, with their children. And also that it's a way to meet new people and to engage with people who you feel understand you. So when we look at, uh, female gamers, gamers by gender, uh, what we see is that female gamers are on the rise around the world. All of you know that. Almost at parity in the US with 46%, Europe 47%, Asia 37%, Australia 48%. And women 18 and older represent 36% of video gamers. And 65% of these video gamers say they play games regularly compared to 66% of male gamers in, in the US. And you know, it's funny because there may be a, an assumption, not by the group on this podcast, but the female gamers play a whole lot of Candy Crush or Mario or Animal Crossing. But in reality, you all are playing a full array of games, including the likes of Call of Duty and other really fast-paced action titles. Can confirm. So there you go, right? Todd, yes. you. So uh, do female gamers believe that they are represented authentically? Well, our friends at Brighter's Female Gamers Survey said 13% are less likely to say that they relate to the characters that match their gender. And our friends at Nico Partners uh, released a report this year that over 50% of the gamers in Asia reported dissatisfaction with how women are represented in games. 60% reported also experiencing some form of gender-related discrimination in online multiplayer games. And then also uh, from our friends at Brighter, so do female gamers feel empowered? Well, not exactly. 69% uh, said that uh, there, there are not enough female gamers. They're very over-sexualized. 
56% said that there's just not enough strong female characters with meaningful roles in terms of you don't have to be saved. You can save yourself. You don't have to be, you know, fragile. And, and when we talk about being hypersexualized, they question, what is it that the female character always wearing clothing that leaves them hmm, partially nude and maybe ill-fitted for the task that they have to accomplish? So completely uh, impractical uh, clothing every time. Exactly. <laughs> Put some boots, take those heels off. <laughs> yes. So uh, is there a demand for more diverse characters? Well, according to our friends at Google and their Games 2022 PC and Console Insights report, 70% of respondents agree it's very important that games feature diverse characters and stories. And even a recent survey from Australia found that respondents also want the range, the full spectrum of belonging in terms of accessibility with Tosh. I think you said your last last week's episode was talking about that age, culture, language, ethnicity, race, gender, sexual orientation, and also uh, religion. So we know this is what you want to see. So in terms of what does diversity inclusion look like now by the numbers? Well, in a study of best-selling games from the UK, women accounted for only 22% of the characters and only 20% of those characters were people of color. In a study of video game dialogue, male characters speak two times more than female characters and almost 94% of the games included more male dominated characters. Only 1% of all the characters shown were a playable disabled character. And although disabled characters are uncommon in video games, they are mostly portrayed as either violent villains or helpless victims. And also uh, with regard to disabled characters, uh, they're more often uh, represented with tropes and stereotypes, one of them being called the super crypt which is a character who compensates for their physical disability with superior intellect um, and skill. And given in the United States that 7% of our population is part of the LGBTQIA community, we only see 3% represented um, in the most popular video games. So what happens in the make-believe world of gaming has real world impact, as you all know. So when characters from marginalized identities are missing from games or are represented in ways that reinforce negative tropes and stereotypes, games may unintentionally send the message that their stories have less cultural importance or value. And for, for example, for some of our members of the LGBTQIA community, especially many who experience hostility and a lack of acceptance from their families, they can also experience weaker face-to-face -face social support, and they're at much greater risk for anxiety, depression, and other mental health issues than, say, non-LGBTQI plus community. And then in games with non-human characters, uh, the default is always male and rooted in racial and ethnic, you know, stereotypes. So, um, all types of characters are often uh, sexualized. And in a study that we did 
uh, that was great, that was uh, generously funded by um, the Oak Foundation. It's called the Double-Edged Sword of Online Gaming. And we analyzed nearly 28,000 characters across 684 15-minute segments from gameplay sessions with the top 20 Twitch streamers in October of 2020. Now this study uh, is available, it's on our website. And what we found is that female characters were more often portrayed as sex objects rather than fully fleshed out and autonomous. And they were 10 times more likely to be depicted with sexually revealing clothing, five times more likely to be shown with nudity. And according to researcher Beasley, 88% of the characters wearing a top with lots of cleavage were, guess what? Female. Why is that? Uh, women of color, or more broadly, are uh, fetishized, um, depicted uh, as uncivilized, hypersexualized, even disembodied. But we also, on the flip side, find that male characters are often depicted as hypermasculine and super aggressive with heterosexual notions of masculinity. So what about our youth? Let's talk about our youth for a minute. What are they experiencing? Well, our friends at the Anti-Defamation League, the ADL, say that 67% of gamers aged 10 to 17 are experiencing hate and extremism, which is increasing uh, aggressively since last year. 15% uh, of gamers aged 10 to 17 have been exposed to white supremacist ideologies. And as a result of being targeted by hate in online games, 30% of our younger players say they actually hide their identity when playing online. So avatars. So avatars are not just ornamental. On a positive note, Avatars can challenge social norms by exploring new identities and give players a tool to navigate uncomfortable social aspects. And what we noticed is when male players played female characters, they engaged in more healing related behavior. And when women played male characters, they engaged in less healing related behavior. Women who play sexual avatars, sexualized avatars in video games sometimes can internalize this objectification, which has led to lower self-esteem, depression, decreased body satisfaction, and in some cases, disordered eating. And also similar to youth, to avoid harassment, some women will not choose to play female characters and avoid feminine screen names or voices that could reveal um, their gender. So what are some of the common uh, tropes and stereotypes that emerge from the hero's journey? And there's a few that we've highlighted here. There's a lot more in our paper, but damseling, I think you can figure out what that is. A plot device where the female character is in a perilous position or distress and supposedly needs to be rescued by the hero and the female character is depicted as kind of like a prize, something, an object uh, that the male hero can play or interact with. And so she's truly objectified. She's not a fully fleshed out human. 
white knighting is a male protagonist goes to great lengths of personal sacrifice to rescue the woman he perceives, note, perceives to be helpless with the intention of making himself feel great about himself without really thinking about, did she even need help at all? Because I bet you she probably did not. And the fridged woman, this was kind of a new one for us, is the male hero's backstory involves, of course, the violent murder of a woman he loves. And this necessitates not only the woman's trauma, but also relishes in the hero's guilt over his failure to perform his socially prescribed patriarchal duty of protecting uh, women. But also, you know, narrow depictions of masculinity can cause feelings of alienation and inadequacy among boys and young men who don't fit that mold of this super hyper-masculine, stereotypical white man who serves as a protagonist in these games. So we have some thoughts and suggestions. A lot of these, I'm sure you all are very aware of, but how do you diversify across you know, character types? Um, consider how different characters' identities can impact their experience. Um, you know, POV characters are the player's access to the world. Um, and how can we make more deliberate choices about a character's identity and follow through on that? In terms of creating multi-dimensional characters, uh, pay attention to accents, intonations, affectations, and cadences. These are cues. Uh, they can build diversity and inclusion, but require cultural and social sensitivity. And remembering that neutrality isn't neutral, even in non-human characters. And how can we think about complex personality instead of just a singular defining trait? And of course, let's look at an intersectional lens. We can all be female. We can be part of the LGBTQIA community. We can be an older person. We can be a person of color. All of that in one character, in one body. So we have to think across all these dimensions and not in these narrow um, silos. So how do we broaden inclusivity? Know how a character's identities intersects with their world building. I mean, one of the things, Tash, you said early on is my lived experience is not being reflected. How do I have my lived experience uh, be recognized? You know, how your lived experience, your race, your gender shapes your world for more authentic storytelling. How can there be more complex themes, cultural nuances and social commentary? And again, we wanna see ourselves. How do we see ourselves represented more authentically in the characters that we play? And then, what are some gameplay mechanics that can actually challenge rigid masculinity? How do we reward gameplay that maybe is using your brain or cunning or outsmarting versus just violence to defeat a villain? How do we encourage empathy, cooperation, and gender counter stereotypical behaviors? How do we encourage teamwork and communication in addition to or alongside conflict um, and violence. And 
How do we use mechanics that challenge stereotypes? Um, challenge identity-based stereotypes, interactions with playable characters. How are these, who are these NPCs? Um, how do they provide useful information or side quests? How do we surprise players with the character's abilities, especially NPCs who could have been written as if they're heroes of their own you know, journey? And how do we eliminate, sex, eliminate sexualized violence? Is it really necessary? Um, are we reinforcing or rewarding the domination of a female character you know, as an object? How do we enhance a player's connection with the experience of a female character in ways that don't rely on her objectification, her physical appearance or sexuality? And how do we eliminate opportunities for sexual violence um, against female characters? And how do we broaden characters' body types? Um, how do we have unexpected body types and personality traits? What we've found in some of our other research is that if there's a character with a larger body type, more often they're depicted as always out of breath, always eating, not able to really accomplish what anyone else can accomplish. Um, so I think there's a lot of opportunity there. And then, of course, uh, people tell stories they know are love. So if you're leaving out Black game developers uh, and female game developers, you know, Black game developers make up only 5% of these positions globally, you're going to have a much limited, more narrow, uh, much more narrow uh, scope. So in terms of next steps, um, one of the things that we developed is a global gaming advisory council that is comprised of AAA game developers, publishers, a lot of um, organizations like Wiki and others um, to help us develop a free online resource for game designers. And it's not about testing yourself. It's not about a score. It's about how do we help you through your journey as you think about uh, counter narratives, as you think about trying to unpack tropes and stereotypes. How can we provide you with information? Hey, I want to develop a female character and she may be part of the API community. Uh, they may be part of the LGBTQI community. What are things I should ask myself? What are things that I should think about? What are things that I want to avoid when I'm developing this character? And right now, uh, we're so pleased to have Games for Change, Microsoft Xbox, Paramount Games, Riot, Roblox, Yuki, Warner Brothers, Dubit. Uh, we have an, a wonderful independent, um, Kelly Sue DeConnick and Wiggy International. So we really have just a great roster and this continues um, to grow. And we welcome all of you, in particular your listeners, uh, Tash, to kind of join us. Our goal is to, we had our first advisory council meeting we're going to have a few more. Our goals will be to release uh, the tool um, in April and then go into phase two, because once you build it and you come, we have to sustain it. So uh, that's all for me. I'm going to end my show here um, and then we can just uh, uh, have a chat. Thank you. That was really enlightening for me to see 
those things in numbers because even as bad, I don't want to say bad, even the numbers I guessed were not as low as the numbers that I saw. <laughs> so it it doesn't it doesn't make me sad, um, but it, it kind of empowers me to to keep going and to and to push harder for the things that I know to be valuable. And so thank you for that, for that information. I think a lot of times when people are creating games, when they're designing gendered characters, I don't think they take a moment to ask if the gender matters for, for the plot or for, or for whatever the objective is for, for that game. I think that's the that's the if then that that is often missing in in just the planning stages of it all. Absolutely. And in many cases it's unconscious and so if you have this resource and you can kind of follow along with it or just think about we don't all know all the literature about everything, right? You just said right. that. So this is a one-stop shop. So if you need to know about LGBTQIA, if you need to know about uh, people of color, if you need to know about uh, disabled characters, you don't have to go all over the place because nobody has that time. This is one place where you can go and learn about all these different aspects and hopefully can help you uh, because uh, no, it has to be, you know, it's impact over intention. Right. And so how does this tool help you have that impact where we know you have good intentions? Definitely. That, yes. Because once you answer that question, once you ask, is this important for, for the story that I'm telling, then you can go into the how. Okay, so yes, this is important. So how do I tell the story in, in a way that uplifts, in a way that mirrors, and in, 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 in a way that complements, or, or even in a way that is reparative and restorative? Absolutely. Thank you so much for for taking the time to to go through the data for that. That was very interesting for me, especially as a, a mother and a, and a gamer. And I I have a a son, and that's how we connect. And for me, um, a question I ask often, not just in the gaming space, but is is this safe for me? Because not all violence is physical violence, and, and some some things can really hurt me in ways that I don't know if I can recover from. So I, I'm constantly asking myself that question in other spaces. So when I went to play games with my son and we were playing online, and as soon as I started talking to to people and they heard the, the feminine voice and I became a target, even though we were all supposed to work as a team. And, and it was, I wanted to cry playing with my son, but but I didn't, I, I, kept, I kept it together. And, but afterwards we, we had a talk about um, this exists. This is not us, this is not who we want to be. So how can you create a community that mirrors who you are rather than just putting yourself in this space that doesn't seem safe for us? Exactly. And you want a safe space for your son. You right. know, you want him to connect um 
with other people, but you want to do it in a way where he also wouldn't be targeted or bullied or any of that. So it's right. really, really important. Or even desensitized to the fact mm -hmm. that it happens so much because that's also mm -hmm. harmful in so many ways. Absolutely. That, I don't want that. <laughs> Neither do we. So do you have anything else you'd like to add for this? Just that uh, this report is free also and available on our website. You can also look at our original report. Please share it. Please download it. Uh, and if you're interested in what we're doing, you know, follow us on social media. And, uh, and if you are a game developer or you work for a gaming company and you'd like us to give a presentation to your team, please reach out. Uh, we're very easy to get a hold of, and we would love to do with it because it 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 does take all of us together to make change. And so, the more people who know about it, uh, the better we'll all be. Definitely, these these are tools that empower the storytellers, and I I I support that one hundred percent. So, thank you so much for tuning into Cheat Codes. I am your host Tosh. Thank you, Madeline, for joining us. Please visit cjane.org for more key findings and ways to get involved. To stay in the know at Women in Games International, please visit us at getwiggy.com and subscribe to our newsletter. You can also find us on multiple, multiple social media platforms at getwiggy. And if you want to get involved with Wiggy, you can visit us at getwiggy.com slash get dash involved. Take care and we will chat soon. Thank you so much. Thank you.